0: Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Ruth, selected verses from chapter 1. Hear now God's word for us today. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other named Ruth. After they had lived about 10 years, both Malin and Killian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons or her husband. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons? Return home, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth, Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn my back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Well, church, today we conclude our series on relationships we cannot live without. And it's my hope that this series really stirred up your thinking and stirred up your spirits as you considered Where in your life you've been blessed with an indispensable relationship or where there still may be some vacancies to fill. Many of you have shared after services that this series has been the source of meaningful conversations with your significant others. Your your parents, spouses, children, siblings, or friends. And you have considered what role they play in your life. And so I challenge you, if you have not already done so, to ask some of those significant others what role you think they play. Just be prepared for some discrepancies. You see, I asked my husband what role he played in my life, and he said, and I quote, you're everything. (laughs) I told him that this is not one of the relationships that we cannot live without and do you know how he we responded well it should be <laughs> and you know that got me thinking about why all of these relationships are so significant and that is because no one person can fulfill all of our spiritual or emotional needs i'm going to say that again because i really want to save you 200 dollars on your next therapy appointment No one person can fulfill all of your emotional or spiritual needs. Expecting that of ourselves or of others is a recipe for disaster. That's why God blesses us with with encouragers and editors and challengers and other relationships we can't live without. Because while we can't be everything to someone, We can be a relationship that's meaningful and transformative. And so we end our series today exploring one final relationship, the ride or die. Now, if you're not familiar with that nomenclature, that phrasing ride or die, just think of this as the person that you would call if you woke up in a jail cell in Tijuana with one shoe and a burrito, that person on the other line, that is your ride or die. Or or if that's uh, not your speed, just a little too fast in the fast lane, think of it this way. The ride or die is the first face that your mind conjures when you hear the song, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. You remember that? Ain't no mountain high. Okay, I'm not going to embarrass myself. That's how it goes. Who is that person in your mind that is singing that song to you? That is your ride or die. And so we end our series today considering what the ride or die relationship brings to our lives. And we'll do this through the relationship of Naomi and Ruth. Now, first, let's set the scene a bit. There there was a famine in Bethlehem where Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, were were living. I can't even say that three times fast. Elimelech were living. And so she and her husband journeyed to Moab for a, a more resourceful living. And there they had two sons. But over the course of time, Naomi's husband died. But her two sons got married. They got married to Moabite women named Ruth and Orpah, not to be confused with Oprah. I have once preached an entire sermon calling her Oprah instead of Orpah. But then tragedy strikes this family again, and her two sons die as well. And this is where our scripture opens today with these three widows living in the land of Moab. Now, you may remember that in the ancient Near East, a widow was the lowest of the low on the social scale. Widows had no social safety net. They had no standing. They struggled to survive, to to find shelter, and to eke out a living for themselves. And knowing this reality, Naomi makes the decision to return to her homeland in Bethlehem. The famine has ended there, and she figures she would have a better opportunity of surviving widowhood in her hometown. So then she turns to her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, and she encourages them to go back to their hometowns, to, to stay in Moab. But you see, Naomi has this clear picture of how difficult the road ahead is going to be, and she doesn't want to drag these two young women down that course with her. Now, when she shares this with them, they have two distinctive responses. One of the daughters-in-law, Orpah, makes the decision to stay in Moab. Now, when we hear this today, we often turn our nose up at Orpah. We often label her as as selfish or unkind for abandoning her poor widowed mother-in-law. Yet the truth is, Orpah represents most of the relationships that we will have in our lives. And that is seasonal. Somebody say that with me. Seasonal. God places people in our lives for particular reasons and for certain seasons. And sooner or later, we move on. They move on. It's the difficult but hard truth about relationships most of them that we have in our life will come to an end. Don't believe me? Okay, I'll prove it to you. What what, what do these four things have in common? The Beatles, the Jackson Five, Led Zeppelin, and Abba. Okay, I've stumped you. Millennials, let's try you. What do these four groups have in common? NSYNC, Spice Girls, Destiny's Child, and Guns N' Roses. Well, they all broke up. Thank you, Beth. They are all bands or musicians that went their separate ways that ended their relationships. Why? Because every relationship has a shelf life. Some were meant for your childhood, bicycles, hopscotch, and scout badges. Some were meant for your college years, early morning seminars, spring break, and bad decisions. Some were meant when you didn't have a lot of resources. Some were meant when you didn't have a lot of responsibilities. Some were perfect when the kids came. Some were great when the kids left. And when, when these relationships end, it doesn't mean that they weren't necessary. It doesn't mean that they weren't meaningful. It just means that they hit their expiration date. Because here it is. Even good relationships, have an expiration date and we see this in our text Orpah and Naomi have a good relationship but Orpah says you know Naomi I-, I think I will take your advice I will stay here in Moab and that's okay it's okay for them and it's okay for you because for a relationship to be good or meaningful doesn't mean it has to last forever Disclaimer, this does not apply to marriage, don't you dare. And maybe, maybe then with this shelf life and expiration date of many of our relationships, maybe God wants us to wrestle with a a different set of questions this morning. Maybe it's not, who is my ride or die and, and how do I hold on to them? But maybe it's, who do I need to let go of? What relationship was meaningful and important but has reached an expiration date in your life? And I know, I know that that, that's a difficult question to ask. But we can consider it today because while some relationships don't last forever, there are others that stay the course. Relationships with people like Ruth. Now, people like Ruth, they don't come around often. You only get one, maybe two, three, if you are really, really lucky. You see, Ruth's listen to all of our warnings. When we tell them, go, do you, I'll be fine, I'm okay, don't worry about it. Ruth's don't care what we say or how often we show them the exit doors. They are ride or die. They say, I'm not leaving. If you're going to Bethlehem, I'm going to Bethlehem. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Case closed. No more discussion. We're packed. Let's go. When do we leave? You see, ride or die relationships are people or groups of people that make a conscious decision to stick by your side. Regardless of where you go or how low you get. They are with you no matter what. They have an unwavering commitment. They are aware of how hard and long the journey ahead may be, but they buckle up and they are ready for the ride. And while these relationships don't come along often, they do have three universal features. And the first is this. The presence of the ride or die relationship is not defined by what you can produce. You see, Naomi is honest, about her condition in life. As an elderly widow in the ancient Near East, she has absolutely nothing of value to offer to Ruth. She can't produce a home. She can't produce sons. She can't produce a future. She's moving back home with her tail between her legs, hoping that somebody will have mercy on her. She encourages Ruth to cut and run because she can't produce anything of value for her, But you see, if we're really honest this morning, most of the people in our lives want something from us. Most of our relationships are transactional. People want what we can produce. They want our time, our gifts, our resources, our, our connections, our ideas, our bodies, our advice, our wisdom, our perspective, our voice. But here it is, and don't miss this. The ride-or-die relationship just wants you. Just you. Not the successful you. Not the, the magazine cover you. Not the you that has it all together. Not the you that has something you can produce. They want the broken you. They want the struggling you. They want the one that cannot produce anything of value for them. Because to the ride or die, you are enough. But but can I push it just a little bit? Okay, I will push it anyway. Uh, Some of us, some of us have roofs that are waiting in the wings. They are ready to support us, to love us, to be our ride or die. But you see, we won't show them the real us. We see our vulnerability as as a weakness to hide. And so we miss out on the roofs that God sends into our lives because we think our value is in what we can produce. But you see, roof reminds us today that we alone are worthy of relationship. We alone are worthy of a roof. And it's not because of what we can produce. It's simply because of who we are. In fact, turn to your neighbor right now and say, I am enough. Okay, three people believe that. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I am enough. enough. You are enough. Your ride or die thinks so, not because of what you can produce. But here's the second lesson that we learn from the ride or die in our lives. Your journey becomes their journey. You see, to the ride or die relationship, there's no such thing as I. When you are sad, no, we are sad. It's not I will get through this, it's we will get through this. Because your journey is not yours alone. It's one that you are sharing in together. And this is so significant because deep down, our greatest fear is that we are alone, that we are all by ourselves, that no one is going through what we're going through or would go down this journey with us. Perhaps that's why God constantly reminds God's people throughout Scripture, I will be with you. When Moses gets ready to stand before Pharaoh and he's afraid, God says, go and I will be with you. When Moses dies and, and Joshua is called up to leave, he says, I will be with you as I was with Moses. And when God's people get ready to go into the promised land to build the temple, to be exiled and even sent out to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, God says the same refrain, I will be with you. And here's what I don't want you to miss this morning. We get an earthly glimpse of a godly reality through the ride or die people that God sends in our life. We we get a glimpse of God's love in the unconditional support of Ruth. We, we, We get a glimpse of God's omnipresence in the unconditional presence of Ruth. You see, God sends us that reminder not just in words, but through relationships. That's why the ride or die relationship is so important, because it helps us to glimpse divine love in our human experience. And that sounds good, right? That sounds great. Who doesn't want a glimpse of divine love? There's just one catch. Everyone wants a roof, but not everybody wants to be a Naomi. Let me say that again. Everybody wants a roof. but not everybody wants to be a Naomi. You see, when Ruth says to Naomi, I will follow you wherever you go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. There is not just a promise of presence. There's also an expectation of movement. Let me put it this way. Pay attention when you drive home from church today. You'll notice that the cars around you don't all move at the same pace. There are some that are driving at the speed limit, there are some that are driving a little bit faster, that's me, and there are some that are driving as if they are not going anywhere, you know who you are. (laughs) These are the cars that, that, that people try and move around. They don't want to follow them because it's as if they are not going anywhere. And and stay with me because, you see, people only want to follow people who are moving. And that brings up a challenging question for us today. Is our life moving in a direction that makes people want to follow? Because, you see, being a ride or die is not a commitment to being stagnant. It was fueled by an individual, by Naomi, who lost See, in order to attract a roof, we've got to be on the move like Naomi. We have to ask ourselves, am I a friend worth following? What do friends experience when they follow me? Does it add to their lives? Does it enhance their connection with God? Is it draining or is it fulfilling? Because you see, Ruth clings to Naomi because Naomi is someone worth following. She doesn't have anything to offer. She doesn't have husbands or sons. But Ruth is willing to take the journey with her. Are you? Are you someone worth following? As you think about that, consider that we often praise Ruth's selfless commitment to her mother-in-law but we fail to remember that Naomi must have been someone worth following because you see mother-in-laws not mine I know you're watching uh, not mine, not Pamela Victoria Caldwell, she's amazing uh, not your mother-in-laws, I'm not talking about them either I'm talking about the mother-in-laws and the other churches down the street they often have bad reputations (laughs) right? But Naomi, as Ruth's mother-in-law, must have invested in that relationship long before this day. Because that's the last lesson that we learn from this text. That the ride-or-die person in our lives is not just someone that invests in us and our journey. It's someone that we invest in too. They're the people that we pray for. They're the people that we spend time with, that we support, that we affirm, that we invest in, so that when the journey gets rough in our lives, when the valley gets low in our lives, they go with us. They go with us because they know if the shoe was on the other foot, we would go with them too. So, so here's the big idea. The big idea that I hope you gleaned from these last three Sundays the most important investment that you will ever make is not in your 401k, your mutual fund, or your IRA. The most important investment that you will ever make is in relationships. Because wherever God and whatever God wants to do in your life, it will be done through people and relationships. So what am I calling us to do today? Invest in people. Prioritize relationships. Treat them well. Because you never know. You never know if there's a roof who's just waiting to say, wherever you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. And your God Will be my God.